Can I add to the welcome that Colin has given you all? I hope you feel at home here among us in Charlotte Chapel and do stay for coffee if you're able to do so um, afterwards. Almost 30 years ago, in 1975, I and my father, along with two friends, set out on an overland trip to deliver a new Mercedes minibus to a mission school in Kathmandu in Nepal. We left the mission headquarters in England's green and pleasant land and finally arrived in Kathmandu Valley some 26 days and 7,300 miles for less than 100 pounds in fuel later. It was an interesting journey, a challenging one, especially when we headed east and left Europe. I remember leaving Turkey and the big sign said, here ends civilization. <laughs> That's what the Turks thought. And after struggling through blizzards in Turkey, we really ought to have worked out that it was winter, we finally descended through the famous Khyber Pass onto the busy roads of the Indian subcontinent. Now an essential stopover for anyone in these journeys is to see the great wonder of the world, the Taj Mahal, which lived up to all our expectations. However, our problem started when we tried to find our way back onto the highway. Surely, we thought, this isn't the famous Grand Trunk Road. And this surely isn't the normal river crossing. Fortunately, the river wasn't too deep and eventually we were able to turn back. Our problem was, we discovered we were on the wrong road. And the simple question I want to leave with you this evening is this, are you on the right road? Is your life heading in the right direction? As soon as you ask this question, you'll get all sorts of answers. Some will say, this is the right way, and others will say, no, 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 this is the right way. And others will say, there's no way at all, for life doesn't have any real meaning. And yet others will say, it doesn't matter which way you travel, because as long as you're sincere, all roads eventually lead to God. So the question is, is there an authoritative answer? Is there an authorised guidebook which will head you in the right direction? And is there an authorised guide who will lead you onto the right road? This book, the Bible, claims to be God's guidebook, and Jesus claims to be the authorised guide. One of the remarkable things about Jesus when he was on earth and when he spoke was that people who heard him said he speaks with authority, an authority that came from God. And still today his words carry that same authority. So I simply want to read to you some of his words which will answer our question or help to answer our question, are you on the right road? They come from the famous Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached. You find them in the New Testament, that's the second half of the Bible. You can turn to it, but I'm going to put them on the screen because there's only a couple of verses. It's from the Gospel of Matthew, that's the first of the Gospels in the New Testament, and chapter 7 and verses 13 and 14. So let me read them to you and then comment on them very briefly for our time is going. These are directions from Jesus, the authorised guide. This is what Jesus said. He said, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Now, these are very challenging words. 
They were challenging words when Jesus spoke them. They still challenge today conventional wisdom. So let me say three very simple things about them. First of all, Jesus says there are two roads in life. Jesus says life is like a road. has a beginning and an end and a middle, like our journey from England to Kathmandu. Many people today would accept that, though some people think the road is like a a ring road or like the M25 and it just goes round in a circular way. That's a commonly held view in the East. But Jesus says life is not like that. It's linear. It has a progression, a purpose, a beginning and an end. Jesus also says something here that many people today would disagree very violently with about. He says... There are two roads in life, and only two. And he says they are very different in character. Look more carefully again what he says. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Jesus says there are two roads in life. One of them he describes as broad, the other one he describes as narrow. It's interesting and significant that the terms broad and narrow are used by most people today in exactly the opposite way that Jesus used them. We commend someone who embraces as many viewpoints as possible as being broad-minded, while the person who holds exclusive views is called narrow-minded. By this definition, Jesus himself was very narrow-minded, not least in his claims about himself, for Jesus said... I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, God, except through me. And of course, this sounds very arrogant to us today, unless it happens to be true. Unless Jesus is who he claims to be, in which case his words carry authority, that there are only two roads in life, the broad road and the narrow road. And the challenge to us this evening is, which road are you heading on? Which road are you travelling on? The broad road or the narrow road? Jesus urges his hearers and us today to make sure we're on the narrow road and so he says, enter through the narrow gate. And this leads to a second thing about these verses. Jesus says, not only are there two roads in life, if you look carefully, he says, there are two gates as well. Look again carefully, you'll know the verses by the end, I hope. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Jesus says the entrance to these two roads are by very different gates. He says the broad road is entered by a wide gate, suggests it's somewhere, something easy. Easy to pass through. Uh, This this is emphasised by the fact that Jesus said it's a broad road and many people travel on it. It's a very busy thoroughfare. In contrast, the gate that leads to the narrow road is described as narrow or small. And Jesus says, only a few people find this gate and enter on it. Now again, this challenges commonly held views. We tend to think in our modern democracies that the majority must be right. The minority opinion is wrong. And nowhere is this held more strongly than in the area of religion. Surely, we say or reason, 
most people must surely be on the right road as far as God is concerned. Sure, there are some pretty bad people, you know, the Saddam Husseins and Adolf Hitlers and people who are on the wrong road, but surely the majority are on the right road in life. But not according to Jesus. He challenges conventional wisdom. In fact, he ended up himself in a minority of one. And on one occasion he said, many are called, but few are chosen. Many people heard him speak when he was on earth. They saw his miracles. They were impressed by what he said and did. But only a very small percentage of them actually believed him and entered through the small gate, the narrow gate, that leads to the narrow road. And so it is today. The easy road and the easy option always attract larger numbers. It's difficult, is it not? Some of the young people have expressed this uh, this evening who are being baptized. Uh, it's difficult to go against the crowd. Majority opinion. But I want to say to you, for you to follow Jesus Christ and enter through this narrow gate that leads to life, it is essential. It takes a live salmon to swim against the current. So again, I ask you, the words of Jesus challenges, in which group do you belong? The many or the few? Maybe you've heard what Jesus claims and offers. And deep down, you know that it has a ring of truth. But you're afraid to step out and declare your allegiance to Jesus because of your friends and the fear of being unpopular. But that is part of the cost of following Jesus. Have you entered through the small gate, the narrow gate? Jesus not only said that he was the way, but on another occasion he actually said he was the door or the gate. He said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Saved from what, you ask? We find the answer as we look once more at our verses. Jesus says, there are two roads in life, there are two gates, finally there are two destinations. I lived for quite a few years in India, and in Hindu thought, uh, religions are pictured like a giant ox cart wheel, you know those big wooden wheels. And all the religions are pictured as spokes that all head to the hub in the centre. And it doesn't matter which spoke you travel along, because in the end you'll get to the centre, which is God, who's the centre of everything. But Jesus says there are two roads in life that lead to radically different destinations. Look a final time at what he said. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. These two roads, and remember there are only two, says Jesus, are going somewhere. They are heading in opposite directions. The broad road leads to destruction. While in contrast, the narrow road, says Jesus, leads to life. Again, this is something quite unpopular. It goes against current thinking. That human beings have an eternal destiny beyond this life. That ultimately, we are heading in one direction or the other, and ultimately, each one of us here, says Jesus, will end up in destruction or life. In hell or in heaven. If you take the teaching of Jesus seriously, you cannot avoid this. I'm always amazed when people say to me, I'm not a Christian, but I think Jesus was a great moral teacher. Because I know they've never really read seriously what Jesus says in this book. You know, Jesus talked far more about hell than he did about heaven, and frequently at that. He emphasized again at the end of time, he said there'll be a great separation. Sheep and goats, wheat and tares, saved and lost, life and death. Now people argue and say, well, surely a God of love would never permit such a thing. Surely as long as we're sincere, it's enough. 
But we may be sincere, but we may be sincerely wrong. We thought sincerely we were heading back on the right road until we ended up in a river. The book of Proverbs, the ancient Hebrew book of wisdom, says in Proverbs 14:12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And Jesus says, this road that leads to destruction leads to eternal loss. You see, hell begins on earth when we choose to live our lives without God. And when we die, if we continue in that way, what is our temporary state of life now becomes a permanent state because we have chosen it to be so, to live without God. But it's because God is a God of love that he sent his Son into the world to warn us about such matters, to save us from hell, to bring us to heaven. Think of the most famous verse you must have heard of, whoever you are, the one that you see at sporting events, John 3.16. You know what it says? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, end up in destruction, but have eternal life. The eternal life Jesus promises is a relationship with God that begins in this life and is unbroken when you finally leave this life and die. Here's another claim Jesus made. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, says Jesus, will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. But in order to experience this life, you need to change direction. If you look at the words carefully, Jesus is saying, you need to enter through this narrow gate because all of us already have entered the wrong gate or are on the broad road that leads to destruction. You need to change direction. So how do you change direction? Let me finish by being as simple as possible so that everyone understands, I hope anyway, as simple as ABC. We all come to Christ, as you've heard the stories this evening, by different routes. There's no sort of pre-packaged thing, you know, you press a few buttons and come out a Christian at the end. But there are important steps you take if you enter through the narrow gate. The first step, the A, is to admit that you're wrong. When we find ourselves entering that river in India, I felt sure there was something wrong, but it's kind of humbling, because I'd lived in India before and I knew the ropes. kind of humbling to say to the other passengers, actually, I think we're on the wrong road. I could have persisted and we could have, you know, got washed away or drowned in the river probably. <laughs> I had to admit, we've made a mistake here. I'm wrong. We need to turn around and head back on the right road. And if your life is to change direction, the first thing you must do is to admit that you're wrong, that you've gone your own way instead of God's way. And to say you're sorry to God for living your life your way. You have to admit that you need to change direction. The second step, B, is to believe, to believe in Jesus. To believe in Jesus doesn't just mean to believe the facts about him, but you need to believe the facts about him, that he is who he claims to be, the way, the gate, the Son of God, the resurrection and the life, but it also means to commit yourself to him. It means to trust him as the one who died in your place, bearing the sin that you've committed, bearing God's just wrath and anger against sin that we deserve. It means committing your life to him wholeheartedly, turning from your old way of life, admitting and believing. And thirdly, see, you need to confess that fact, to tell others that Jesus is now your saviour and your Lord. And baptism is, 
is a symbolic way of saying that. It's a symbolic way of saying, I've left the old way of life behind when you go into the water, and I'm starting a new life when you come out of the water. We do that at the beginning of our new life. And those who are being baptized this evening are simply saying that they've changed direction and that they're following Jesus. Uh, That's only a start, but it's a good start, a public declaration. So I ask you this evening, have you changed direction? Which road are you on in life? See, it's the most important issue of all. It's a matter of life and death. Literally, it's a matter, says Jesus, of eternal life and death. And the good news is, you can change direction this evening. You could go out of here heading in a new direction. I don't mean out of Charlotte Chapel, whether you go down Princess Street or the other way. I mean, your life could be heading in a new direction. You simply need to come to Christ and say, Lord, I've made a mess of my life. I've gone my own way. And I want to put my trust in you and turn from that and follow you and to be your follower. And the amazing thing is that God hears those kind of prayers. When we come to him, we trust in him, and our lives take on a new meaning, a new direction, and it's a life that goes on forever. And Jesus says it heads to life. Life in all its fullness, forever and ever. The place where it happens is at the cross where Jesus died. The cross is at the crossroads, as it were. An opportunity to change direction. And simply this evening I want to give you that opportunity to change direction in your life. There's a little booklet that we offer to people almost every week here in Charlotte Chapel. It's all about journeys. It's called Journey into Life. It explains what we've been thinking about. As you go out on the stairs, you'll see them in there's some kind of little racks on the stairs. You can just take one, free of charge, and, and take it away with you. Um, at the back of it is a prayer. You can pray if you want to change direction, you want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And I encourage you to take this along with you and to pray this prayer you really mean it, want to commit your life to Christ, you can do that this evening. Put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's just bow in a moment's prayer and then we'll go ahead with the baptisms in a moment.